You just gotta keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. Welcome to the Rock Your Life Podcast. Discover the tools you need to fulfill the highest, truest expression of yourself. From family and wellness to business and goals, it's time to dream out loud. It's time to rock it. This stuff will rock your world. Rock! And now your host, Chasta. Welcome back to the Rock Your Life Podcast, friends. I am your host, Chasta, with a very special interview today with two incredible women from an organization called Pink Ribbon Girls. I'm going to speak with Heidi and Heather, who run Pink Ribbon Girls, and they're going to tell you the most inspiring and amazing story. Uh, Heather is the CEO, and her story about how this whole thing came to be is a tearjerker. Um, and it's one of those moments that really reminds you that you need to step back and look at life in a different way through a different lens because she had a neighbor who was dealing with breast cancer and was going to have to put her young baby into foster care. And this angel of a woman stepped in, took that baby from her and raised her as her own, then came down with the very same cancer that this woman had. And she beat it, thank God, and she turned all of that into something incredible to help others. Pink Ribbon Girls is all about helping women who are going through breast cancer or any gynecological cancer. Uh, They help with transportation to uh, treatment. They help with food delivery, and they help with support. So I was contacted from these ladies who are actually listeners to my radio station, 1077 The Bone, and they reached out, and we wanted to connect on both The Bone's website, and I thought this was perfect for the Rocker Life podcast as well. Just to remind you not only to take care of yourself, do those breast exams, most importantly, uh, but also, you know, to help out others any way you can, to just have that open and giving heart, just like these ladies do. And it's a good reminder that I think we all can use. So without further ado, let's get into it and talk to Heather and Heidi. Hey everyone, Chasta here for 1077 The Bone and the Rock Your Life podcast. It is a dual interview today because this is a very special interview with two amazing ladies, Heather and Heidi. So it's Heidi, who is the regional director for the Pink Ribbon Girls here in the Bay Area. And then we have Heather Salazar, who is our CEO and she's on an iPhone. So we may have a little bit of some uh, tricky business happening today, but we're making this work. So thank you ladies so much for being here to talk about Pink Ribbon Girls today. This is so special. Thank Thank you so much for having us. You are so welcome. So Heidi is a female bonehead, which by uh, by the way, can I just say anytime I meet a female member of the bonehead family, it makes my heart explode because we don't have as many as the fellas. So I just feel like I'm already in really great company here. So tell everybody how you sort of came to find me and the bone and make this happen. Um, Well, for me, it was just the morning commute to work. Um, I'm a former high school teacher. And so you need some levity in the morning to not go into the day so seriously. And, um, <laughs> your, the morning shower just, it was just awesome for me. So lots of great laughs. Um, I did like, you know, so many of the segments just were just awesome. I love the Dick and Mattel marketers. I know it's so stupid. <laughs> Sometimes it was really bad and I'd be like, all right, I'm not even going <laughs> to sit in my car for the rest of this one. But the majority of them, I was, I just, I was always, um, in disbelief that people could really stay on the phone that long with somebody, <laughs> but I know. loved it. I would sit in my car until I, they, most of them finished and then go in and tackle my, my juniors and seniors. So I loved it. Um, love listening to all of your stories, Oklahoma stories, vegetarian stories, and growing up predominantly like at a racetrack, my brother was a professional flat tracker. 
so I've always been around boys. And so like hearing you talk about like, like with them, because they are so just off um, yeah. and, and your ability to deal with their offness. <laughs> and I came back every day. Right. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where I love it. So I love that Heidi. I mean, I was not fishing for compliments, but I will say thank you for that. Um, and, and I do want to actually point out, you know, that we don't take ourselves or a life too seriously on the show. And I think there is a place for that in the world. I know a lot of people, um, you know, females might have something to say about things that we do, for instance, Tata Tuesday, uh, mm-hmm. which we will talk about here, but you know, Lamont Tonelli, they're really, really good humans. They're good men. They take very yep. good care of me. They're my biggest advocates and, uh, you know, they're silly and wild and crazy on the air, but it all comes from a great place and they always mean well. And Tata Tuesday is really what connected me to you ladies working with with pink ribbon girls because Lamont and Tinelli have done this program for years and they have raised, I don't even know how much money. I mean, tens of thousands, I, I think it's over a hundred thousand dollars at least at this wow. point for breast cancer over the years. So, you know, it's something that we sort of are cheeky with, right. But we also do some good as well. So I appreciate that you see that for what it is and appreciate it too. I think you can have fun and do some good at the same time. Yes. And they do stuff in the Midwest um, along the same lines um, with Pink Ribbon Girls and some of the the local organizations. So, um, so when I was talking with some of my counterparts with Pink Ribbon Girls in the Midwest, I was like, oh. And that's kind of ultimately why I was like, well, I'm going to reach out to them because I know they do this. So I'm so glad you did. Well, whenever you guys connected with me, you sent over an article that I think was from People Magazine, if I remember correctly. And it was about Heather. So Heather Salazar, CEO of Pink Rim and Girls, your story is so beyond incredible. And I'm just going to sort of give the elevator version of it, the real quick version, and then we can dive in. But from what I was reading, it came to be uh, because you were helping a neighbor who had breast cancer. Cancer, and she had a small little girl and she was going to have to place her in foster care because she wasn't able to raise her. And you came in like a saint and took that child, adopted her into your family and have raised her because that woman eventually passed away. Uh, God rest her soul. And she's an angel now to you, I'm sure. And uh-huh. then not very long after that, you came right. down with the same cancer that this woman had. Am I getting all that correct? Yes. Yes. So the neighbor was the midwife who delivered the baby. So she was delivered and knew um, Lexi's mom. And so we went and met her. She was raised in foster care, Lexi's mom, 17 different foster care homes. And she rode home from her mastectomy on a public transportation. Like she had zero support, which is why with PRG, which we'll get to later, we do, we would not give up on the rights to treatment. So fast forward, we took care of her. We took care of her mom, but I'll be real with you. And this is me being very vulnerable. I honestly had no idea young women could get breast cancer. I thought, okay, was it her lifestyle? She, you know, she has had a rough life. Why in the world was this 20 and she was 24 when she passed away. And so literally her last words were to me, to me were like, don't forget to tell everyone to do a self breast exam. Don't forget Mm -hmm. Heather young people can and will get breast cancer. And I was just like, eh, I mean, I really just was like, eh, whatever. And, um, the next year it was, it took a lot. We had four kids under seven to adjust to our family and adjust to everything that she was going through. And so then when my husband and I went away for our anniversary, a year after we had Lexi, I did my first ever self breast exam. So like if Alexis wouldn't have told me that there's no way I would have really known. Cause I don't feel like we talked about it a lot, like self breast exams and things like that. And so 
Yeah. And then I was diagnosed with the exact same kind of aggressive breast cancer as Lexi's mom. It was earlier stage, like it was early stage and hers was caught late, but it was super aggressive. I mean, what an incredible sort of cosmic story, you know, that whole full circle thing. And then you got really great treatment that wasn't even, was it approved at the time? No, it wasn't approved at the time, which is why I had to go to like a further research hospital. And, um, I was one of the first people that got it for early stage breast cancer. So she, Alexis, which Lexi's mom is named Alexis, got this drug, Herceptin for late stage breast cancer. And it was doing great for late stage breast cancer. Like it gives them quality of life and longer and whatever, but we were the first group to get it for early stage breast cancer. And it's really been the only miracle, true miracle drug we've seen in breast cancer treatment since then. It's like a monocle body. It's called Herceptin and it takes the cancer cell and recreates it into a healthy cell and it doesn't touch the healthy cells. Cause you know how chemotherapy kills all of your cells. Right. Right. I had to do chemotherapy too. I didn't get out of that because the clinical trial was with chemotherapy and this drug. But I I mean, if I wouldn't have done a self-breast exam, I was 31. So I would have been dead before mammogram. Wow. Yeah, exactly. I had a scare a few years ago that I've actually never talked about publicly until this moment. Wow. And I always felt weird about talking about it because I ended up not having breast cancer. Thank the good Lord above. So I didn't want to bring attention to myself and be like, Oh, look at me. I had this thing. So I just never said anything, but I think what's important is that it is good to talk about it because other women need to be reminded self-check, right? I checked my doctor checked. We found something turned out. I just have really thick uh, breast tissue, very dense. And so, but that makes me more susceptible to breast cancer. So even before 40, I had to start getting mammograms and I have to get them every six months versus every year. So these are important conversations to have because you're right, Heather, women can get it at any age and men too right. uh, can get it at any age. And it's something that we do need to be checking for. And I think your story is important. I do have to put a plug in because you have no idea how many women have to get a call back, get a biopsy. They get scared. They don't go back. Yeah, and wow. realistically, most of those times are, you know, it's 85% that it's a cyst or whatever. So we do need people, but the, the mental anguish that you go through when thinking it could be, because oh. like for me, it was the same day. So it was a biopsy oh, okay. the next day I was called, it was breast cancer. So, but for all of you, that's something we're trying to work on really actually a lot, especially in the Bay area, we're working with an AI company that, that, that people like you wouldn't have to wait so long that you could tell immediately that it's a false positive. So it is, it is one of the number one things we deal with from a peer perspective, which is why I wanted to say your story is important. Wow. That's so good to know. I would never would have thought about it like that because it is, it's, it does drive you crazy. You know, I think I waited over a week or something for the test results and the phone call and you're just the whole time, your mind just goes to worst yes. case scenario. You can't help that. I think that's human nature. Um, you know, and it's just, it's a horrific feeling. So thank you for, for explaining that. Cause I always felt sort of weird about it and it's I'm an so open book. Important. Yeah. And, and Heidi, you know, you listen to the show. I mean, I tell everything, you know, I mean, the night before I gave birth to my son, I left a voicemail that was, that went on the air the next day, telling everybody, Hey, I'm going into labor. I mean, I am an open book, but this thing felt different. It felt like, I don't want to like, I don't want to say, woe is me, but I'm glad to know that. And so now I will speak. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate that. So what you did then, so then came pink ribbon girls. How did you make this jump from getting your daughter and then going through breast cancer yourself and then turning it into what is something so incredible now. What was that story? 
So again, full disclosure, I'm 16 years cancer free and which is awesome. Wonderful. And PRG is we're heading into our 10th year. So to be completely transparent for six years, I was pretty pissed off that this happened to me. Mm-hmm. I was angry and I was I hated the pink ribbon and everything it entailed. You know, I hated what it stood for. I didn't know if we were really getting anywhere in a cure. And basically this one lady that I was in treatment with, um, who actually got the, was for 10 years with late stage breast cancer on this drug Herceptin. She lived 10 quality years. Mm. And right before her death, she said, Heather, don't use my death as an excuse. You know, you know what you were called to do. Like I was doing research. You were going to do the care side of things. And I went home that night and wrote the grant for meals, house cleaning, rides to treatment and peer support because, and basically I took what my community did for me and I put it into a program that they would bring meals. They would make sure I got to treatment. And, um, the thing I felt like we were just greatly missing was peer support because no one talked about it. And every time when my husband couldn't go to treatment with me, they always thought it was my mom. Mm -hmm. They never thought it was me going in for treatment. Sure. So it's very, a lonely, a, a lonely place. So that's kind of how, how it got into that. And, um, we applied for a grant through the Lester and Sue Smith foundation. He's a Texas man. Clearly we're not from Texas. You don't get grants unless you have money and um, sustainability. We had no money and a pipe dream. Right. And he was a businessman though. So he didn't look at like a normal grant foundation, like where we get grants from today. And he announced it on the Ellen show. We were one of 20 and it was $45,000 matching grants. And our budget then nine years ago was a hundred thousand dollars and a local philanthropist matched it. And that's how we started. Wow. This was so written in the stars. That is incredible to hear. I mean, it's, it's amazing that you went ahead and took the leap, although I'm sure no pressure. You've had two moments where women have come to you. Like you need to, you know, carry this legacy on. (laughs) So good on you for actually doing so. Uh, But I think it's so important. You know, you, you do point out that, you know, like you said, public transit, like I can't imagine going through like treatment and then having to get on a bus or, you know, a, a train either. or whatever and get home and carrying your own stuff. And, you know, cause you, I'm sure have very little energy and you're exhausted and yeah. you feel alone in the world. So the rides, I mean, that's just something that you don't think of, but how important. Yeah. And before Uber nine years ago, there was no Uber. And so like, I was trying to figure out how to get people like, let's say from, you know, that lived in Mountain View to East Bay to this, it was very hard to figure it out, but I refused to give up on it because of Lexi's mom. I can't imagine that. Yeah. And so those things were crazy. And, and again, at the beginning, I was like, I'm never going to fundraise. I'm never going to ask for money. I'm going to sit with every single mom and know their kids and make sure they're not scared. And, you know, by month three, we had 400 meals and we weren't shipping them. So 400 people, we were trying to drive all over because we didn't know you could ship the meals or whatever. And so then I was like, I I might have to quit. Like, how are we going to do this? And, um, we called the chef and shipped the meals and then fast forward, um, to the Bay area. I don't know how much time we have, but basically I met this guy in a Phoenix airport with Lexi. So Lexi was playing soccer in Phoenix. And I always say, if you, um, you know, flies to a soccer game in Phoenix and you live in Ohio, you're clearly in a cult. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, know, I would agree. I know nothing about soccer. And of course I can say that, you know, she's a crazy athlete because she doesn't have art, my jeans. <laughs> and so <laughs> this guy sitting beside me and, you know, I'm answering all these emails and I'm wondering how I'm going to keep up with PRG. And Lexi comes up and says, um, can I have $5 for Starbucks mom? And I said, sure. And he goes, uh, did you adopt her? And I was like, uh, clearly like, <laughs> like, excuse me. She's completely 
the African American. I was like, clearly, I don't have time for you. And he was just like, can you tell me your story? And so I told him, like the 10 minute version and he was like oh my gosh I'm a VC and we're working with a guy in Silicon Valley that's creating this AI and the guy that created it helped launch Amazon into a multi-level platform and I was like what and so that's kind of how we got into the Bay Area. Wow again and going back to Cosmic I'm so going to be that hippy dippy girl right now but this was truly meant to be and yes it's valid to point out that Lexi is of a different race although does not matter in my opinion nor to anyone involved in this Um, but I how old was Lexi when you got her? This is the greatest thing so she was 10 months old when we got her and um, she's going to be 20 on Sunday. Oh my gosh she's a full-fledged lady now I love it. (laughs) Yes she is and what an incredible thing for her to have from her mother, this legacy, yeah. ongoing legacy that you have built. That's beautiful. She's just, she's awesome about it. And, you know, when you fast forward a little bit more after we met these people in the Bay area, we were on the today show. And so I, I say this is important because I was on with Joan London, which she's freaking awesing, by the way. Amazing. Oh my God. Amazing. I want to be here when I grow up and <laughs> she listened to the story and she just gave one piece of advice, but we've like used it as we continue to grow. She's like, if you can operate, make your program seamless where they can be delivered anywhere and you can operate in the Bay Area or Seattle or the West Coast, mm-hmm. you can operate anywhere because they're different. It's different than the Midwest because we were basically in Ohio, Missouri, like Midwest. And I think it's so true. Like we made it in the Bay Area with more services than ever during COVID when I, we couldn't fundraise. Oh my gosh. That sounds like a nightmare. I mean, that's crazy. That's why I'm so excited that you guys reached out to us and that we can partner with you to, to help push great events you have, you know, when you are fundraising or any way to get involved, cause this is such a special thing. And I love the tie-in with pink ribbon girls to Tata Tuesday and just having more ladies in our bonehead family is just so awesome. So you do have an event coming up pretty soon. Actually, is it uh, Saturday, the 28th? Yes. And I can let Heidi talk about it because she's, yeah, we have, um, an outside event uh, down in um, Los Altos Hills at a private residence, but we are selling individual tickets for, for folks who'd like to come. Um, it's a dinner, there's an auction. We'll have hear from clients and social workers who have been impacted by pink ribbon girls in the Bay area. Um, a lot of the people who have been a part of pink ribbon girls since its inception in the Bay area will also be a part of it. And we're really excited um, because it's our inaugural event, and um, we have um, Santa Clara County, uh, um, Joe Simidian is his name, okay. but he's coming as one of our speakers. And um, we have been so fortunate to work with um, uh, Santa Clara Valley Med. They have been one of our largest supporters um, in the Bay, and without them, we would not be able to do a lot of the uh, services that we do offer. And then we have a lot of private donors, too, who, as well. And, and we have corporate sponsors like Sunbasket. They're the ones who make our meals so that we can send them. And what's cool about the meals is that um, typically it's the whole, like everybody in your house. So if you, if you have five people in your house, we send five meals three times a week for them or three meals, sorry. So it's three meals per person over a week. So they, they just have, you know, giving them that peace of mind. I mean, I talked with this lady um, she's in San Francisco and, and she called because she wanted to donate her car to us and oh, wow. God bless her heart. And, and so I called her back and we were talking and, and I asked her, I said, so tell me about your car. Um, cause we have gift agreements, right. That we, because sure. we are a nonprofit and she's like, well, it's a, it's a 1999 Volvo and the battery doesn't work. And I, I mean, this, 
like, but she felt so compelled that because we had provided her with rides and food that she needed to give back to us. And, Uh and that story is just one of so many, we have a lady who was renting a room and, um, she refused our food service. And so when she refused the food service, you know, our program team is like, why is she refusing the food? Like, this is like the one thing that everybody wants, right? Like it's, it's it's kind of one of those basic needs and come to find out she was renting a room and she didn't have a refrigerator. So she couldn't keep it. So wow. Pink ribbon girls got a refrigerator because she needed to be able to have, like, she has to have healthy food, right? Like that's part of the treatment. And so so when we think about those kinds of things, I mean, that's why we're doing what we're doing. And the inaugural event that we're having next weekend is really about our demand has increased incredibly in the Bay Area, which is awesome. Um, but our, we are in the very beginning of brand building and getting awareness about what we do. And, um, you know, we, we need to tap into, we've tapped into the hospitals, we're working with them there, we're building relationships with them. But um, you know, there are a lot of families in the Bay Area who could benefit from what we serve and, and it, we fill the gap, right? Like it's, yeah. it's that civil society coming in, filling the gap where the government and your insurance or your healthcare providers, like they can't do it. We can, and we have the infrastructure and we're excited to do it and we want to do it. And so that's why we're having the event next Saturday to, to fund it so we can, can keep our mission going in the Bay. Wow. I love this. I, I couldn't love it more. I mean, supporting women dealing with breast cancer or any kind of gynecological cancer as well, uh, providing that support rides, food, basic necessities that are just so tricky when you're going through times of strife, which, you know, a lot of people have been dealing with obviously recently. Uh, this is so incredibly important. So God bless you ladies for doing such incredible work. Thank you so much. So I want to make sure we get the information we need out there. Pink that's where yes. people can get involved. All the information on the event on Saturday, the 28th is up there as well. So Heather and Heidi, again, thank you for doing the Lord's work. This is such incredible stuff. And I'm always here to help you any way that I can. Oh, we will. We, we have your number now. That's bad. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes. You, use it. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Bye-bye.